What's up, guys? A few quick updates before we get on with this episode. We, well, well, Rafa, revived their blog. <laughs> yes. There are two new posts uh, written by Rafa that you, can, you guys can check out. Um, gotnextsite.wordpress.com. One, on the anatomy of Anthony Davis's case injury. And two, uh, who Rafa thinks the center the Nets should trade for. So you'll find the links to those uh, to those posts on the episode description as well as on our Twitter at GotNextBlog. As well as our Instagram, which is GotNextBlog mm. as well. No caps, no underscores, just one word, GotNextBlog. And also, for those of you who prefer Apple Podcasts, you can now listen to your favorite Got Next podcast on Apple Podcasts. You guys can yes. check, it out, check us out there. Uh, you can thank uh, me calling up Tim Cook for, <laughs> us for getting that on there. <laughs> yes, thank you. I don't know what took you so long. He, Carlos I, bullied I to, Tim Cook into submission. That's what happened. Everyone clapped when, when, I, when he finally submitted to my request. <laughs> but anyway, moving on to the episode for this week. Uh, the NBA All-Star starters were announced. And yes. so Rafa and I will give our reactions to that. As well as we reevaluate our picks for the reserves from about three weeks ago, given that we have yeah, a few more games and more time to think about things. Uh, additionally, Rafa will go deeper into the Achilles injury. So this will supplement his, um, his blog, the blog post we talked about earlier. Yes, the blog post is part one and this is part two. Yeah, there you go. And lastly, we have a couple of questions from Rafa's Hardware Amino. Thank you for sending those to Chris Bosch and Jana. So, <laughs> as always, my name is Carlos, and I'm joined by my trusty co-host, Rafa. What's up, guys? This is the Got Next Podcast. Okay, I want to start off this podcast um, by remember by remembering Utah Watanabe. Um, he was murdered viciously last night by Anthony Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> Eulogizing what? Utah Watanabe. Utah Watanabe, may you rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> you're what? you're you're only drafted in 2018. Um, you're a career short-lived, but Anthony <laughs> Edwards ended it last night. <laughs> I mean, man, that, did you see that dunk? That dunk is trending on Twitter, and oh my goodness! As oh I'm, I'm watching it again, god. like oh my god, Anthony Edwards! Look at him after it. He's just like laughing. That's just disrespectful. Honestly, I'd almost it's rather, crazy. Like, if I were Watanabe, I'd rather him trash talk me than laugh. <laughs> I feel like laughing is one and, of the worst things you could have done. And he somehow fouled him as well, dude. And the pictures of this dunk are ridiculous, oh, dude. Dude, like poster worthy. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. <laughs> anyone, anyone, in the future, if Anthony Edwards continues his pathway to becoming a potential star in this league, that's going to be like a big poster. That's going to make some money. Because that's like his first like, gr- not his first great dunk, but that's his first like 
holy shit, he murdered that guy. Yeah, I mean, people who don't watch basketball will see that. Yeah, exactly. That's gonna be like that's probably like the end of the year. So far, it might be. I can't think of another one, but you know, I have to. It probably will be at the dunk highlight comp- compilation to, to know. I don't see I don't see another dunk topping this though. <laughs> Hey, don't don't count anything else out. Man. That's true. That's true. That's true. Andrew Wiggins but, tends to have one every year, and you know there mm-hmm. are a bunch of other guys that could have one. Yeah, that's true. But did you know he only had seven points or something, and only had shot poorly from the field? <laughs> More of the Nate dunk controlling. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, rest in peace. Rest you in tell peace what. <laughs> We have two 50-point games that happened last night. Yep. Jo- Jamal Murray finally giving some help to Nikola Jokic. Yes. <laughs> and Joel MBP, as, MB. as he would be called, MBP, as yes. they'd be called in the Philippines. MB. Uh, strengthening his case for the MVP. Yes. Um, Ridiculous. That's like his career high, right? I and mean, he has like what seventeen boards and like five assists as well, or something. Something like that. Uh, is it his is a uh, career high? That's yeah, yeah. I looked it up earlier. He it career high. Yep, it's career high. So nice work, Joel. It's he's got my MVP vote right now, which is a shame because if the Nuggets were any better, it would go to. Nikola Jokic, honestly. Nikola Jokic. But because the Nuggets are terrible, they're wasting his MVP campaign. I mean, Jokic is having one of the greatest all-time big men seasons of all time. And he's going to probably... It's going to fall down. Yeah. It's going to be like the 06 Kobe's or like the... Yeah. Who, who else had big... Those, those kinds of things. 17 Harden. <laughs> Although 17 Harden had a, had a really good case. Yeah. Anyway. Well, Embiid's having one of the greatest big men seasons too. So, you know, yep. it's, not, it's not unwarranted. It's not like he's undeserving. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Uh, congratulate. Well, let's, speaking of great big men. So, the all-star starters were announced Thursday night. And yes, yes. Let's see. So, there, no surprise that we got both front courts correct. We got KD, Giannis, and Embiid in the East. LeBron, Kawhi, Jokic in the West. That was easy. We both yep. correctly guessed Steph Curry was going to make it as the guard. I think that was pretty easy. Bradley Beal, maybe not as easy, but I certainly wanted him to start. We both had Jalen. Yeah, I had him in the bench. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, you had Beal on the bench? Quite unfortunate. I had Beal on the bench. I had Harden starting. Oh, okay. So I got that one correct. Yeah. Um, we both had yeah. Brown starting, but he didn't make that cut and Kyrie Irving is starting. Um, yeah, and honestly, there's probably like the fan vote playing a, playing a big part in it. Yeah. But Kyrie Irving has been playing really well. Kyrie Irving has been playing very well. Um, it's hard to argue. I, of course, I'm biased towards the Celtics, and I thought Jalen Brown should have got it because he's been playing awesome all year. Despite how bad the Celtics have been, Brown has been excellent. He's arguably their best player right now. And, yep. and then the last one, 
I had Luca, you had Dame, and I ended up being correct. <laughs> and we we texted about this, so you you're standing, you're standing, but I mean you're agreeing with it, obviously. Uh, well, I'm agreeing with it because partly because I picked it. Because honestly, after <laughs> I texted you saying, "Well, you know what? The more I think about it, CJ and Nurk have been out for a while, and he is like doing his part to keep them afloat." Just that yeah. narrative alone, I'd be like, because they're both going to be in the All-Star game. And, you know, when you deep dive into how good they are, it's like this close. I would favor Luke a little. That's the thing. I would say, like, I would be okay with Dame getting in there just based on that narrative alone. The two best players, CJ, who was, he was going to be an All-Star this year. There was no question. He was an All-Star. Yes. He was playing like an All-Star. And Yusuf Nurkic is like a sub-All-Star big man. So just yeah, that, so yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Like their their stats, even just their counting stats, are really close. Like Dame is averaging like point eight point point eight point seven points more. Luca obviously averages more assists and rebounds, uh, but he's a piece of forward and gets a lot of uncontested boards. So he's that's, actually a point. That, that he actually plays, plays point guard. Yeah, but he's I guess on defense. They guards the bigger guys. Yeah. Yeah. I, the the thing here, I think that would differentiate that. Yeah, narrative as well. And then, just because the Blazers, like, despite the injuries, the Blazers are still, what fourth or fifth in the West? Or yeah. Uh, but, let me double check. But fourth. They are. Yes. Tied with the Suns. But see, like, that's where I would disagree. I don't disagree that they're fourth. Of course, that's not. What I just realized <laughs> how stupid that sounds. Of course, they're fourth in the West, but I don't think that especially this year, using record as the justification. Because let's say CJ and Nurk were playing and they still had, were 18 and 10. It's a good record. Mm-hmm. But if that were the case, I would have Luka. Because when you dive into the numbers, it's, it, it shows that those, the Mavs and the Blazers haven't been playing all that different. Of course, their defense is equally bad. They're like 27th and 29th in defense. So shitty defense. They're really similar teams statistically. They are. At least on those those like yeah. offensive and defensive ratings. Yep. And the Blazers offense is slightly better. They're fifth in the NBA. The the Mavs are ninth. The Mavs are lis- are missing Steven Silas, by the way, but that's a separate conversation. So when you look hmm. at it, both teams have played twenty-eight games, right? Portland is eighteen and ten, whereas Dallas is thirteen and fifteen. So that's a five-game swing. But when you look at this, Portland has only played a top-10 team six times. Dallas has played a top-10 team 11 times. That's, that's five wins. That's the difference in their record. Like, it's not the Mavs' fault that they've played Phoenix three times, Utah twice, both lost L.A. teams, Milwaukee, and Denver twice. You know what I mean? Like that, It's not their fault that they're mm-hmm. doing that. Whereas Portland has matched up with only one of the L.A.s or something. Or maybe both LA's, but one time. Right. When, you, when you're comparing records, it's not apples to apples. And then when you look at multiple rating systems, like simple rating system, Portland is 15, yeah. Dallas is 17th. And it accounts for offensive and defensive rating as well as strength of schedule. And both teams end up being very close. So I'm not convinced that um, using record is a good, good thing for the All-Star game especially when you consider like how close they are as individual players. So it's like unfairly giving Dame a boost when he necess- doesn't necessarily warrant it. 
Now, it's warranted because the two best players on his team are out. So that, that all is totally fair. It's just the record thing I don't buy. Yeah, I, I, haven't, I hadn't looked into the strength of schedule uh, stats on that. But yeah, I think the main part was the fact that he's missing two, star- two, two starters. <laughs> the second and third best players on his team. Yeah, that, that I'm, I'm totally with. Um, yeah. I mean, if you, yeah. if you look at the, the teams that, the, that they've played, they have played the Thunder twice. They've played the Pelicans twice. They've played the Kings twice. They've played the Knicks twice. They've played the Magic twice, right? So it's like mm. they're, not, they're not competing against the same team. But I'd be okay. Honestly, I'm okay with either one of them in. This is so tight. They're both surefire. And if mm-hmm. the schedule is like not, not in your favor, then yeah, that's between fourth and what the maps are, what, eighth? No, no, they're like 13th yeah. or something. 10th, 10th. So the, the reserves are going to come out on Tuesday. And a couple of things have changed since the last time we made our predictions, like what, three weeks ago? Yeah. Like, for example, Anthony Davis is not going to play the All-Star game. Ah, that sucks. So we're going to have to pick someone else for that. But should we... He's, he's of course, an All-Star. So we're going to pick someone else here, but he should be an All-Star. Do you think he'll be selected? I, I hope the coach is still selected. They might, but, like, I, you know that he was going to if he was healthy. Like, he was going to get selected. Yeah. So I don't care if he's selected or not. Let's just save ourselves some time and just pick yeah. someone else. Because, like, this, honestly, this All-Star game's BS anyway. But let's... Uh, do you have any revisions for your East reserves? East, um, I think the big one here. I might actually consider putting putting in um, Mr. Randall. Just the last few, the last like two weeks or so. I think it it the peak came on like that forty four point game he had like some like I think it was earlier this week or last week. Um, still not sure who to, <laughs> to remove here, <laughs> uh, but it's a really yeah, tough choice. Sure. How about you? Yeah, so I have revision. So, of course, I had Brown starting. And last time, I didn't course, have Kyrie course. in the All-Star game. Only because, only because at this time, he was just coming back from being AWOL. And I was annoyed at him. I'm, a, I'm not a fan of Kyrie a lot of the times. As yeah. a basketball player only, not as a human. But as a basketball player, I'm not a fan of what he does. And um, I didn't have him in the All-Star game, but of course he's a he's a legendary player, so he's gonna be in here now, which means I have to cut someone. Mm-hmm. But because Brown is not starting, um, I have Brown in there with Tatum. I still have Bam. I still have Julius Randle. I still have James Harden. I still have Trey Young. I have Chris Middleton. I actually the guy I took out was Demontis Sabonis. He's fallen off a little bit. Yeah, in my view. That's that's probably who. That's probably like. I was thinking of either removing uh, Tatum or Sabonis, maybe for Randall. Um, yeah, but no, I looked. No, I, that was my first thought. But then I looked because because the Celtics aren't doing so well, and okay. you gotta have one or the. It, I was just gonna say, I Brown is sure fire. So if he someone one of them was gonna leave, it might yeah. might be Tatum. But then. I look at the stats and it's like, no, Tatum deserves to, st- deserves to stay on. Yeah, Tatum. So it, yeah. looked, it might be Sabonis, actually. Yeah. 
because I can't, I don't, I can't remove Beal. I can't really remove Kyrie. I have Kyrie here, but obviously he's starting. Well, you can't remove Beal or Kyrie. Yeah. They're starting. <laughs> yeah, actually, wait. Who are my starters? Brown and um, Harden. Yeah, so Harden's here. I had Harden. I had Harden. I think you had yeah. Brown and Harden. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. Trey Young. Sorry. So who? Trey Young. Trey Young. Wait, so I had. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, so bonus is the big one I was thinking of removing. But I also have Bam, Middleton, Harden. Sorry, Beal, in my case, and Trey Young. Might be Sabonis. Might have to agree with you on the Sabonis one. Because the Heat have picked it up since Butler's yeah. come back. Bam's like in his natural like mm-hmm. natural role in his team where he's not no longer like the best player, so he's able to play a bit better. Trey Young scores. <laughs> Celtics the other day, I was like, fuck, you wrecked them. Still playing still yeah. playing at the same level as he was before. Yeah. So, as you said, Sabonis is kind of regressing. Yeah. It might be Sabonis. I have, uh, uh, so Sabonis for me has been downgraded. Like, I have one more player I would take over Sabonis. Like, if, let's say, one of these reserves or someone gets hurt, there, I would take this player over Sabonis. <laughs> Nick Vucevic. I, I know I'm coming off of the big Nick Vucevic fan, but he's having a, an all-time great season. Like, Vucevic is a beast. He's so underrated. I can't believe that people actually thought that Nurkic was better than this guy. I love Yusuf Nurkic, but Nurkic is not this good. I'm sorry. He's just not. He's just, like, he's just in the wrong role. Like, if you're in the Magic and he's, like, your best player, like, and he's on the Magic, so no one really watches it. That's probably why. <laughs> If he was in Nurkic's role, which is totally <laughs> yeah. justified, especially with especially some injuries there. <laughs> yeah, they've had a ton of injuries. Well, yeah, wait. Let me. Th- I'm just taking a look at Vucevic's stats real quick. 23 points, 11 boards, three assists. Wouldn't be mad at that. He leads the NBA in catch and shoot jumpers. Oh wow! Not a big Nick Vucevic yeah. watcher here. I think <laughs> Nick Vucevic would be my toughest omission. After and then Demonte Sabonis and then honestly I considered Gordon Hayward briefly. He's playing well. Yeah. And I fucking hate Vanny Ainge. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's move on. I don't want to talk about that anymore. I'm salty. <laughs> fuck you, Danny Ainge. Yeah, fuck you, Danny Ainge. If you don't get someone good for that player exception, I'm gonna be fucking pissed. West reserves. So of course, as we mentioned, Anthony Davis isn't gonna play. So someone else is gonna have to yeah. be slotted in there, and so do you, do you just want to hear my my reserves right now? Sure, go. Of course, it's Dame, PG. Yep. Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, yep. and I'm replacing Brandon Ingram. And this may be a little recency okay. bias for Zion Williamson. I'm replacing Zion because Zion has been beasting in the last few weeks since we. I guess he heard our podcast. He's one of our four listeners. <laughs> yeah, he's one of our four listeners. And um, the last two, I actually debated with myself. So I originally had Devin Booker. And now I'm thinking, like, is it Devin Booker or should I put CP3 in? Ooh. Or should I put both? And then the other guy I'm considering, basically the last two spots for these three guys. So CP3, Booker, and... Mike Conley. 
Mike Conley. That's that. That was I was. Wait, do you still have? Did you count AD in your? I can't remember if you counted AD in your. I did not, but. Yeah. AD is there, and then he's okay. injured, so he gets yeah. out of place. That's a tough one. CP3 or Booker. Or Mike Conley. I am writing. Um, let me plug myself real quick. I'm writing a Utah Jazz article, and where it'll explain some next. of this stuff. Yes. Dot next site dot wordpress dot com. And so when I was look, diving into some advanced numbers, Mike Conley, according to the oh, advanced numbers, is their best player. What numbers? I'm curious. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't necessarily. I of course don't necessarily agree with that. Uh, so LeBron, the metric, not the player. LeBron, the metric. Darko, the metric. Raptor. Luck adjusted RAPM all agree that he's a Mike Conley is the better offensive player. Of course, that's according to the stats, but you know, I, I don't necessarily believe that's true. I think that a lot of that is because Conley is always, always paired with Rudy Gobert. So on pick and rolls, Conley's floater game, or yep, they can either do a floater or just lob it to Gobert. Whereas Mitchell is a more complete shot creator like he's three level scorer he can get to the free throw line in in the playoffs Mitchell's skill set will mm. hold a little better than Mike Conley that's why I think Donovan Mitchell is still the better player even though Conley's having greater impact on the offensive mm. end here yeah Does that makes sense but I still think that but all, that said the impact is still there and that's why if if I'm really gonna debate these guys I have Mike Conley and Devin Booker in. I unfortunately have Chris Paul out just because I think when it comes down to it, Devin Booker is the better player right now. And I think that a lot of what Chris Paul is doing in Phoenix is great, but he is just like kind of commanding the ball a little too much for my liking and not enough giving to Devin Booker. They're using Devin Booker a little more off ball, which I like, and he's very capable of doing. But I think that Devin Booker is going to be is the better player and his skill set will be a little more valuable. Okay, yeah. Come play um, time. Conley was actually like my first the first thing that popped to mind as my replacement for AD. Um, if any team deserves three All-Stars, yeah. it's the Utah Jazz. Yeah. Scorching the league, by the way. <laughs> it's Utah, yeah. Although they lost last night against the yeah. Celtics the first team. Yeah. Between Booker and CP3, man, they really should put 13, 15 spots on this team. It's hard to pick. They're like so close. Um, it's so hard. But then it's going kind to of like yeah, the true. value of the All-Star game. And also should adding more people. Less, yeah. But I think I would, I would agree with the Booker over CP3 pick here. Although, yeah, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if someone, if, if CP3 makes it over him. But CP3's been to so many All-Star games, just give it to Booker. <laughs> So we talked about that for a little while. Let's uh, let's move on to segment number two. This is part two. You need me to you need to inform me about this injury. Yes, I know you have to talk about. I you want me to talk about this really bad. So, so speaking of Anthony Davis, who's going to be out for the All Star break, we're now doing inside inside injuries, where I use my athletic training background in sports medicine and orthopedics. To provide you with insight, <laughs> inside injuries. All right. 
So, of course, the big one is Anthony Davis's Achilles. Um, part one, I dove into some of the anatomy, a little bit of um, some treatment things that you can do, not necessarily rehab, but like inject what injections you can do. Is there a tape job for it? Using a walking boot, blah, blah, blah. I cover that in our blog, so go check it out. Uh, we will have, Carlos mentioned the, the link earlier, but we'll put it again at the end of the podcast. This is part two where I'll cover the risk factors, the, how I would attack it from a rehab standpoint, and the all big question, how likely is that he's going to rupture his Achilles? So before this, I'm really ner- uh, just as a Lakers fan, I'm really very nervous for this injury because it sounds like it, very nervous. It sounds like KD's um, injury yeah. back in um, 2019, where like it was first like called a calf, and then all of a sudden it's now an Achilles. Like there's a potential for Achilles, and then like I'm just worried they might like bring him back too yeah. soon. And like something similar yeah. happens. So, yeah. Yep. Yep. So I'll, I'll get to that. Of course, there's going to be comparisons to KD. But let's start with the risk factors. First factor is overuse. Almost any tendon injury is overuse. And Anthony Davis, being a professional athlete, qualifies. Uh, imbalance of your dorsiflexors and plantar flexors. Basically, tight, that, that equates to the tight calf. And as someone who's rehabbed multiple different types of athletes, basketball players have very tight calves. So he 100% has that. There's no question. And there may be a genetic component to it. You could say that because he's 6'11", he's very tall, he's very long. Maybe he's putting more stress on the tendon. That's a soft call. I'm Just maybe. But overuse and tight calf, yeah. He's definitely got that. From a rehab standpoint, so uh, he was diagnosed with Achilles tendinosis, by the way. The, the, explaining what the hell that means okay. is in part one of the, in the blog. Basically, it's just disease. It's, it, think of it as tendonitis. It basically, his, his, it's his Achilles tendon that's bothering him. And so the best thing for it is what's called eccentric exercise. So eccentric exercise means... When you do a bicep curl, right, your arm starts straight and you yep. flex your elbow, you bend your elbow. The eccentric phase of that is mm. when you lower it. And if you take your time and slowly lower it, that's the eccentric portion of the exercise. And that actually strengthens your tendons. So that would be my focus of rehab with Anthony Davis because histological studies have shown that you can actually change I'm, I'm missing a word um the structure of the tendon by doing that so if 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 you want anthony davis to come back with minimal risk for injury i would focus on eccentric strengthening and now we get to the big question how likely is he to rupture his achilles so this is kind of where the lakers do have to be careful so let's time travel back to 2019 KD's yeah. initial injury was a calf. It was not his Achilles. If you've read the anatomy part of this blog, the calf becomes the Achilles tendon. Mm, okay. Right there, they're the same unit. It's not, they're not different entities. The calf muscle becomes the Achilles tendon and then it inserts on the heel. And the thing is, 
it it, it kind of came out when KD tore his Achilles. Like, well, was the calf injury actually misdiagnosed, or is it is a calf injury kind of predisposing to an Achilles tear? No, it was not misdiagnosed, and not necessarily. Okay. A calf injury isn't necessarily a predisposing factor to tearing his Achilles. That was just, it might have been a freak thing. Now, if the, if the calf injury was close to where it becomes the tendon, then maybe. Like, not every calf strain someone is, good, is prone to tearing their Achilles. Yep. That's a thing. Here, but here's where, here's where the Lakers and Anthony Davis do need to be careful. One of the risk factors for tearing your Achilles is having tendonitis. Ooh. So he needs to be careful about when he comes back because if he comes back too soon, he is more prone than people without Achilles tendonitis at rupturing his Achilles. It's still not, it's not like it's like a 10% chance, but it's, it's greater than he would with a, a health because the tendon's not healthy right now. This is something that the research has shown that people with chronic tendonitis, the tendon gets weak and he is a little more prone than rupturing it. So there was a recent update saying that he was not going to come back for yes. four weeks. If I was on that medical staff, he's out six weeks. No question. Wow. I would keep him out six weeks because Achilles rupture, he's done until next year's all-star break. There goes the championship. Exactly. If that happens. And and another reason I'd say six is because um, the eccentric exercise thing, most of the research shows that it takes six weeks for those changes to happen. Now, whether that, how much of that applies to real life or not, I don't know. It, it's not, the studies aren't, are very controlled. And Anthony Davis has a lot of specific factors that can't be controlled for. So I'm just saying six weeks partly to be precautious because I'd rather gradually work him in to make sure that he doesn't hurt himself long-term. Now I'm not trying to scare anyone, especially like Lakers fans. I'm just saying like, don't want him, don't expect him to be back anytime soon because you would rather him stay out an extra two to three weeks and be healthy in June and not tear yeah. his Achilles than him come back too soon and not be healthy. Because the worst case scenario is that he ruptures. That we don't want that happening. But yeah, that sounds like he just, for, uh, on top of the exercise, he just probably just has to rest, right? That will help heal the tendonitis. Is that correct? Taking a break will help him. Um, if I were, if I were with them, I'd probably either put him in a, I don't know, a walking boot might be a little too much, but I would put a heel lift. That's something I thought about that I didn't put in the blog. The heel lift will oh, okay. make sure that he's not stretching the tendon. It'll just be kind of in a relaxed position all the time, right? So mm. I would do that, and then maybe a tape job when he's exercising. Okay, okay. So which is in the, in the blog. As long as he doesn't return too quickly, you don't think yeah. this is a big um, risk, I guess, for Achilles no. tear. Yeah. So as long as they bring him back the right way, he should be fine. Because even like an increased risk overall is still not not a lot it's not a 10 percent chance i don't even know if it's a one percent chance but I, I can't give you an exact value as long as they bring him can't back the right way he should be fine we need good playoffs this year it would it would be a shame to lose another superstar to an yeah exactly like, I, I don't want anymore 
All right. Any? Do you have any? Uh, any questions that about that? Puts me at ease. Just <laughs> good. I I didn't want to scare anyone because assuming the Lakers aren't stupid, the Lakers medical staff isn't stupid. Yes. Them keeping him out four weeks, and it's really like he'll be reevaluated in four weeks. That's that's good. Yeah, I think there was a that the the the, the doctor guy that you sent me on Twitter before. I forget his name. But he went on a podcast, and I think he <laughs> yeah. he did say he Brian something Brian. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he echoed that he's yeah. probably gonna be, and what they said. No, he basically basically uh, said that um, the four weeks is probably too short of a like. Don't expect to be come back in four weeks is basically what he said. Or it was a tweet. It was a tweet. All right, I'm I'm glad we're aligned on that. <laughs> um, oh, the real doctor. You have to share the same opinion as a real doctor. A real doctor, so yes. We can trust yes, Rafa Squirrel perfect. here. <laughs> Good. I hope I earned some credibility a little bit. Let's move on to the uh, the next segment. New segment. Um, which is questions from Hardwood Amino. So, new segment. So I I like this, and I think I'm gonna keep doing it. So, um, if for those of you who don't know, I posted a question on the basketball social media app hardwood amino if you don't have it by the way and you just want to talk about hoops with legitimate people and not twitter <laughs> trolls this is where i would yeah go. stay away from the Twitter trolls and i asked the question what topic should we twitter trolls are freaking terrible it's so off-putting but i put out a, a question and um what topics would you like us to discuss in this week's podcast? And we got two responses, and honestly, I couldn't decide between them. So we're gonna do them. All both. right, let's go. The first one was, the first one was asked by Chris Bosch! Exclamation point. Let's see Chris what you Bosch. did there. <laughs> he asks, "What do you think about the Heat? Will they be able to improve and make it to the finals once again?" And we've done we've done a, a breakdown of the Heat. But this is pretty early yeah. in the season. What, what have you thought of the Heat recently? Well, I thought they were like they were starting to do a bit better again with Butler when he came back. They won like four in a row. Yes. But I think yep. they, they. I watched the Warriors them play the Warriors uh, earlier this week. Not a good game from them. <laughs> they blew a twenty point lead. No. Steph Curry probably yeah. had like his yeah. worst game of the season since like earlier in the season, but. The, he still, they still lost, which is not a good look, to be honest. I yeah. think they had Draymond that game either, so that was not a good Oof. look. That was not a good, yeah. a good, a good game for them. Um, now, yeah. when that happened, they did yeah. get roasted on Twitter. You know, when I, when I watch them, like their their defense looks fine. Mm -hmm. From the eye test, they're still, they're they're still pretty long and athletic except for Robinson that's the thing, and Hero. Robinson and Hero getting um, so much more playing time as well, right? And that that's their weak links. Yeah, that that is a problem. Yeah. Now Bam Adebayo has gotten a little better as a defender. So he's able he covers them a lot more. And of course like the Heat have the rotations down pat. So they're they're able to cover for Hero and Robinson. Of course in the playoffs they're gonna get targeted. Yep. But right now for the regular season it's it's been okay. They're, they're, and like you said, their offense is pretty terrible. And a lot of that does have to do with Butler being out so long. They've, they've kind of, their roster has been kind of decimated. Yeah. 
They've, they've had really bad luck. Butler with COVID, but Drogic has mm-hmm. been out with an ankle thing. Avery Bradley's been in and out of the lineup. They just lost Tyler Hero to an extended period of time. Like, they've just had it rough. They've had a very rough stretch, and it's tough for them to get any type of consistency. Yeah, that's, that's a thing as well. So I, I feel it. Yeah. So my thoughts for the Heat are, like, they're kind of out of the mold of the 2014 Spurs, right? Predicated on ball movement. You attack the closeouts, you penetrate, and when there's a rotation, you kick it out, and you keep doing that until there's, yeah. a, there's an opening in the defense. And they've, in the last two years, they've been a very high turnover team. That's kind of what happens when you move the ball more. You tend to turn the ball over a little more. But this year, it's gotten, it's gotten significantly worse. Their turnover percentage Yikes. is the worst in the NBA. And it got like a little more than 2% worse than last year, it, which is a big, that's mm-hmm. a big jump. And it, it, it doesn't seem like, it's not just the turnovers. It doesn't seem like they're taking, they're making the best decisions. Like I've seen them make bad passes when there aren't one and when there's an open shot. You know what I mean? It's, it's not an isolated incident where someone who's a decent three-point shooter doesn't take a wide open yeah. three. Or on a, on a fast break, they kick it out because there's only a little bit of resistance rather than trying to get the foul. Yeah. You know, so uh, to get back to the spirit of the question, I guess, will they improve and make it to the finals? I say yes, they improve, but I don't know if they can, without a trade, mm-hmm. message Pat Riley, make a trade Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal. But if the current roster stays as is, I don't know if I see them beating Philly. I don't see them beating Brooklyn. I don't even see them being the beating Milwaukee would, the way they did this year, or even. Would be interesting uh, if you play each other in the playoffs. Oh my! Yeah, not yeah no, I'd be I'd be very interested in a rematch as well. It'd be it'd, it'd be pretty cool. I wouldn't feel as good about Miami's prospects. But you never know. Could be different because they still have Jimmy Butler and, you know. Uh, any more thoughts on the, the Heat before you move on to this? Yeah, uh, one question. Do you think losing Crowder and um, Derek Jones Jr. is like affecting them a little bit more? Uh, or is it just really just the injuries so far that have been holding them back, essentially? Um, I don't think that. Crowder and Derek Jones, I'm sure they miss them because yeah, those are yeah. two excellent defenders. Three and Dean, uh, Jay Crowder. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I think it's more of the, the just the absolute decimation of their roster from illness and injury. And I think the decision-making overall, and I'm not sure if it's because of who they're giving the ball to more often. I'm not trying to like throw shade at Tyler Hero because it's a team-wide thing, but some of the decision-making overall hasn't been great. Now, granted, a lot of that is because Jimmy Butler hasn't been there to make the decisions. Jimmy Butler tends to be a very excellent decision-maker, mm-hmm. but we'll see. I think they improved, but it, the way they're currently playing, I don't know if they're, they're not going to beat 
I don't know if they get out of the semifinals, honestly. Yeah, they're, they're probably a second round team at this point. That's unless they, there's just a drastic like trade, as you said. Yeah. But yeah, agree. Yep. All right. Let's uh, let's move on to the second question. So, Jana, who by the way is also Filipino. Oh, so shout outs to. Proud uh, to be Pinoy. <laughs> <laughs> yep, shout out to our fellow Pinoy brother. Um, will Steph Curry be able to top his 2016, his, his historic 2016 season this year? And let's, let's put in a context. So it, from the raw numbers, especially on scoring, yeah. in 2016, he led the league with 30.1 points per game on a league-leading 66.9% shooter shooting. So this is the first time in NBA history that anyone has led the league in scoring volume and efficiency. Crazy. That's absurd. Well, he and played 34 are, minutes a game as well. <laughs> yeah. And this is him this year. 30 points per game on 66.1% shooter shooting. It's pretty damn close. <laughs> it's pretty close. Well, right? Not to so, mention, he's yeah. exactly the same on rebounds and assists. Yeah. Yep. So, I didn't deep dive into those. I briefly looked at them on NBA to look at, like, the potential assists and the secondary assists. They're mm-hmm. similar. Um, now, having said that, that is – those are just numbers. Yeah. Right? So, let, looking at some uh, on-off numbers, of course, the impact metrics will state – no, Steph Curry is not as impactful as he was in 2016. His Golden State's offense, when Curry was on the floor in 2016, went up to 119 mm-hmm. offensive rating. Now it's only up to 114. And versus when they're off. Indec- no, so next, Curry on now is 114. Right, right. When off. Bo- both years it plummeted to 104. So of course Steph still has massive impacts, yeah. but his MVP season was clearly more. And this is not an indictment of Steph, but th- I have a, a couple of thoughts as to why that is. Do you have any initial thoughts as to as to why that might be? Well, firstly, like the team around him isn't as good. There you go. <laughs> that's that's. That's the main. That's difference. one of the reasons I have as well. It's a and it's it's important. Yeah, especially when you consider like the type of player he is, right? When when Draymond Green is the only teammate from that team he has left, that's yeah. that's a big deal, because Steph Curry, while an excellent pick and roll ball handler, he's also the greatest off ball player of all time. So yep. if you're not using him in that role, you're not using Steph Curry correctly, Mark Jackson. <laughs> Yeah, and it's just and that, yeah. it's it's also like his teammates still aren't used to him, used to like playing with him as much. I guess it's improved as yeah. the season's going along, but like there's yeah. still times when like his like Kelly Oubre or or Andrew Wiggins misses like the relocation, Steph yep. Steph threes, yep. which yeah, it, points left on the board basically that that there weren't yeah potential points basically that were left off right. Yeah, so for me it's like it it goes both ways. One, they don't know, they they they're not used to finding him at his right the right spots, mm-hmm. but they I don't feel like they always take advantage of his gravity. Draymond clearly knows how to. Yeah, 
when he gets that short roll and gets a, gets a good pass, Draymond can take advantage of it. But Steph Curry coming off a pin down, he will attract multiple defenders. And I don't know if Andrew Wiggins, I don't know if this is like a systemic thing or Oubre and Wiggins at Slashers just don't have room to do it or they just haven't figured it out. But they, I don't feel like they're as good at taking advantage of Steph's gravity as guys like Sean Livingston and Igudala were. So that, that matters, right? Um, the other thing I would add is that Steph is a step slower than he was in 2016. It's five years ago, and I watched, yeah. I watched tape of him recently. And I compared it to his 2016 NBA season. And, of course, when he was 27, he used to jump a little higher. His crossover used to be a little more crisp. He's maybe half a step slower when he puts the ball down on the floor. Of course, his efficiency is barely, like, knocked down because he's so selective of the shots that he takes. He'll always take a good shot almost all the time. And um, he's still the same at drawing fouls so his free throw rate's not dipped where you kind of see this is his slight dip at rim finishing so he would hover around 67 percent within six feet that's according to basketball reference yeah and now he's at 63 hmm. which three percent doesn't sound like a big dip but at the rim that's a that's that's, a, that's big i mean that's significant yeah yeah it's not bad yeah 63 percent is still elite but it's not as impactful because then you start to think like, well, when he drives because he doesn't quite get as much lift and he doesn't have the same hang time, maybe there are times when the better decision is to kick it out. Maybe there's a time when the better decision is to take a different type of shot. You know what I mean? So it, we're, I'm nitpicking Steph's game. He's still one of the greatest offensive talents and his impact numbers are still very good. So to answer the question, I don't believe Steph Curry will top 2016, but the fact that he's 95% as good is insane. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Well, he probably won't top that season, but he's he's still in his prime. And I guess this kind of follow-up question here, which yes. I've seen yes. the warrior, the warriors, uh, the warriors fans on Twitter is. Whether or not the team should like go go for the championship this year or not, or maybe even trading Wiseman or a couple of their picks. Yeah, yeah. So my thoughts on that. So I thought about this too because when I put my from last week my Bradley Beal trade to the to the Sixers, I got I got into a little spat with I can't remember who. But he was like, well, why would they, why would the Wizards do that if they can get Wiggins and Wiseman from the Warriors? And my thoughts was, why the hell would the Warriors ever do that? I understand wanting to get off Wiggins' contract, but why would the Warriors ever give up James Wiseman? That's the thing. It doesn't make sense to me to get Bradley Beal when they're still not going to, like, they might contend, but they're not going to beat the Lakers with a healthy Anthony Davis. I don't know if they beat Utah. I don't know if they beat the Clippers. They're barely beating the Suns and the Blazers 
You know what I mean? Like, why would you sacrifice your future, especially when you have the Minnesota pick mm. with a stacked draft class? Why would you just sacrifice your long term for a slim chance? Like, if you can get it depends who they get James Harden on your team. Yeah, if it was James Harden, <laughs> I would say, yeah, go for it. Like that caliber of talent, I wouldn't do it for Bradley Beal. Yeah, not for Bradley. Because you're not gonna, okay. not for Bradley. I would not sacrifice my long term for Bradley Beal. No chance. It just it just seems like I guess that that's the frustrations of a fan. I guess where you want you you just don't want to waste like a top two top five point guard of all time. Like when it's still in his prime, like he's gonna like be a no one round and out kind of team, you know. Yeah, no doubt. I, I totally get that. But considering where they're located, it is very reasonable to not make a drastic trade and attract a free agent. Hmm. Like, they live in San Francisco. They have, you know what I mean? Like, it's not, they're not trying to convince someone to come to Memphis. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Right? Like, if, if anyone wants to invest in some of the technological Silicon Valley stuff, AD. it's right there. Yeah. Andre Iguodala did it too, yeah. right? So it's, it's not as hard to convince someone to live in San Francisco. Mm. So it's very reasonable. You, you may be wasting one of Steph Curry's years, but it's also reasonable to revamp your roster in the summer because it's a very vital strategy for the Warriors to attract free agents. So I don't, I strongly disagree that the Warriors should get rid of James Wiseman for Bradley Beal. It's not a smart move. Yeah. I don't think Bradley Beal puts him over the top, but I guess it depends on what their trade is. But I, I do, I do kind of understand like wanting them to get better than they are. Just because yeah, I get Curry it. sucks. I mean, Curry's so good and then the rest of the team is like Curry and Draymond are there. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, if you, I mean, if you think about it, the Warriors wouldn't want to give up Wiseman and I don't know that they would want to give up their, the Minnesota pick because then that's a high pick in a, talent, a very talented 2021 yeah. draft. Like I've been, I've been looking at these 20, the 21 potential draftees. Holy shit, they're deep. They're really good. This year is going to be a very good draft, I think, so far from what it looks like. And hmm. I don't – like, if they could build their future big two. Well, keeping Steph and Clay there, yeah, why not? I don't see why they would sacrifice. Like, many teams don't have that opportunity. So I don't think it's wise for the Warriors to sacrifice. Or in this case, they get someone – someone, like, gets angry – by the end of their end yeah. of the year, <laughs> they change. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Giannis is like fuck the Bucks. Fuck <laughs> the Bucks. I mean that that would have been another one if they could get Giannis. Oh yeah, I'd, I'd give up Wiseman. Oh Giannis my. is still twenty six or twenty seven. Oh my, Giannis is twenty seven. Yeah, that is that's your five year future. It's not a long term future like Wiseman, but it's a moderate term future. But I I wouldn't have sacrificed short of a Giannis or Harden caliber player. Mm. Okay, that's fair. My, uh, just real, real quickly, 
I am so happy that all of the Twitter trolls have just shut the fuck up about Steph. Yes. They're just like, he's washed. He's like, he gets carried. He's like, I'm sorry, dude, but you're just fucking wrong. Yeah, all of those people say, oh, he can't do it with a shitty team. He's doing it with a shitty team. <laughs> he's doing it with a shitty team. So watch some actual basketball. One of the like the most scalable like one of the most scalable superstars. All right, that was our episode for this week. Uh, once again, shout outs to Chris Bosch and Jana from Chris Hardwood Bosch. Amino. Uh, thanks so much for submitting those thought provoking questions. Keep a lookout this week for another one of those polls. We want to discuss what you guys want to hear. Also, keep a lookout for more blog posts, as Carlos mentioned. Uh, we've kind of re- revived our blog. I am currently writing an article about the Utah Jazz this week. Um, so keep a lookout for that. Uh, you, can find, you will be able to find that at gotnextsite.wordpress.com. Site is spelled S-I-T-E. You can also find that link on our Twitter and Instagram bios. We are at gotnextblog on Twitter and gotnextblog all one word, no underscores, no caps on Instagram. For those of you who follow me on Hardwood Amino, my name is Rafael, R-A-F-A-E-L, uh, with a Filipino flag next to it, of course. Of course. Links uh, are for our content are in my description on that profile as well. Without further ado, who do you think should be an all-star this year? How soon do you think AD will be back on the court? How amazing has Steph been this season? Because you can't argue otherwise. Best player in the league? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> but amazing nonetheless. Yes. Who's got next? Steph Curry for three.